0: Well, it it's really is a joy to be here. I, I'm excited to uh, be invited to be here. Um, this is our first sort of uh, um, experience with uh, CLC at Family Camp. We've experienced you guys in many other venues, but, man, this is just really cool. And uh, just thank you, Pastor Andrew and Pastor Calvin, Lord, uh, for just uh, giving us this opportunity to come up here and enjoy this and enjoy you guys. Um, As we talk about prayer, I have a personal confession before we jump in. Um, Number one, as I've been studying and prepping for this weekend, I've come to the realization that I'm not the man of prayer that I thought I was. Um, I found myself saying, Lord, teach me to pray a lot. And to be honest, I thought I did. And I thought I knew, um, but God sort of took me in my arrogance and my pride as I prepared and, and said, you know, you need to learn to pray. So I hope that as we go through this time together, that that's how you see it as us learning and growing together when, and how to pray. Cause I really don't have this figured out and that's not some sort of false humility that pastors are supposed to say. I really don't have this figured out <laughs> and, um, um, But I hope, what I hope, just so I can give you the heads up, is that we participate together in our times, in our sessions. I'm going to ask you questions. Um, I'm with Pastor Tim. I want to bring back the amen culture. Let's do that. Um, So in in Living Hope, we do a lot of call and response. So, uh, you know, say amen. I need that. You don't know. I need that. Um, But um, we're going to just sort of participate and practice these things together. Um, so it may be a little weird. I'm going to speak a little bit, and then we're going to actually practice some things together, if that's okay. Um, you know, I, I think of prayer sometimes, um, like the—you the, guys seen Bruce Almighty? You remember when um, Bruce Almighty began—he um, became, well, God for a day or whatever it was, and, or a season or a time— And um, he was laying there in bed, and all of a sudden he started hearing all these voices, and he didn't know what to do with them. He was just like, oh my gosh, make it stop. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden they showed up on his email, like all these prayer requests. And he's sitting there trying to answer them, and he's getting bored and tired and frustrated. And then all of a sudden he just says yes to everything. And then next thing you know he wakes up the next morning and like there's these catastrophes all over um uh, over the world and there's like um uh, everyone won the lottery so everybody's ticked everybody's ticked because everybody won so they only got a small piece of the pie and so you know he realized that being god was was really hard and it was more you know you know more serious than just saying yes to everything and And for the longest time, I viewed God in prayer like that, that I was one of many voices being drowned out and that we were all sort of lobbying for God, trying to to get him to hear us. And when you have a view like that, maybe it's not that view, but maybe it's a different view that you have of God. I mean, prayer becomes a labor and a burden for us, a wrong view of God, will ultimately lead to a lack of prayer. And so one of the things that I want us to really explore, explore this morning is, is just sort of how can we sort of go into prayer with the proper perspective. And we'll get into that. But I imagine, let me just say this, that there is a lot of different feelings for some of you here. As we have committed ourselves to a weekend of prayer like for some of us, that's exciting. We're like, man, let's go! I'm ready to do this. This is awesome. Let's let's go. Uh, for some of us, we're like, man, I need to pray more. I need to learn to pray, so I'm ready to go. But for some of us, if we're honest, like this can be a very intimidating time. I recall reading um, a book on prayer, and the guy was recalling uh, having a three day weekend one day, and uh, that one of the guys was scared to death. And he came up to him and he said, man, I'm really scared. And he's like, why? We're here to pray. This is going to be great for three days. And he says, what am I going to say to God for three days? And then he later, the same guy, after this prayer retreat, wrote, I had the wrong perspective. Actually, I should have asked, what is God going to say to me for three days? You see, prayer is a two-way thing where God is also speaking to us. And so whatever situation you're in, whether you're fearful, whether you're excited, whether you're a little just sort of not sure, my prayer is that, that, that this idea of prayer would become clear to us and we would actually approach it with uh, joy and things like that. So what are some barriers to prayer? i i think we need to ask this question first and then we'll get into sort of the the theme of god's glory and the worship of god in prayer what are some barriers to prayer you guys answer this barriers huh time that was the first one i put time what are what are some other barriers to prayer Distractions. distractions absolutely what else Thinking that you control, that you're the sovereign Lord of your own small universe. What else? Doubt. Doubt. Yes, absolutely. What else? Barriers to prayer. Anger. Man, you guys are keeping it real up in here, man. (laughs) I thought those would be later in the weekend. But man, (laughs) let's just throw it all out there, man. Um, What else? What else? Yeah. What else are barriers? PS4, that's right. Oh, the heathen speaks. Uh, what else? What else? Past, man, I, these are right here. Yes, disappointment with God and what we perceive to be unanswered prayer. What else? What are some more? Exhaustion. Yes, what else? I'm afraid of what he's going to tell me to do. Yes, absolutely. CLC, you guys are like real. This is not, this is real church in here today. You know, another thing that I put down, these are all great. Parental wounds that, that sort of taint our view of God. And so we come to God as sort of like a shyest child who's just sort of trying to appease God. Some of those wounds come into fear of intimacy, Other boring prayer list experiences, (laughs) right? You ever been at a prayer meeting and they break out the list and you're like, oh, my gosh, no, not today. (laughs) We have been praying for your big toe for 40 days. No, let's keep it real. The prayer list comes out and some of us just check out. But, if, but here's the biggest barrier for prayer, and some of you have alluded to that in your answers, is that if we're honest this morning and real with each other, that oftentimes prayer is difficult because we love other things way more than we love God. So the biggest and greatest barrier sometimes is our own hearts. There are much more important things that we feel are Uh, Worthy of our time. So prayer is a nuisance that seems to interfere with our idols and goes against our very comfortable, self-sufficient lives. And so one of the things that I was exposed to during this was that I have a very crowded heart. It is very crowded with so many loves. And it's okay to admit that this morning. We're in a safe place. We're already throwing these things out. We even threw PS4 out. So there are no boundaries here today. It's okay to admit it. God knows these things. And God wants to free us from the lies we believe about Him in prayer. So that is some of the barriers. And we're about to jump into the glory of God. But what is the purpose and the privilege of prayer I thought we needed to talk about briefly too. Maybe our perception of God and prayer is just wrong. Let's just throw that out there. Maybe our perception of God and prayer is wrong. And oftentimes the biblical model of prayer looks different than what our prayers often are. And one of the truths I observed is that often biblical prayers have to do with the purpose of the inner man instead of the outer man. And for some of us, we don't want to hear that. We can certainly pray for physical health. I believe in all that. We lay hands on people. We have a woman in our church right now named Marla who is in stage four cancer. She is 90 pounds and she looks horrible. But we lay hands on her every week and we ask God to heal her. So I am all for that. Don't hear me say that. But oftentimes when we look at the Bible, God's purpose for prayer is not always uh, about the outer circumstances, but the purpose of our inner person. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33 through 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He says that our prayers should be steeped in this idea of a greater reality called the kingdom of God. And when you look at some of the prison prayers of Paul, like in Colossians and Philippians and and Ephesians, they, 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 they seem to state that the inner person... Is the necessity and not necessarily our physical needs. And when I hear that, I'm going to be honest with you. When I hear that God is is really more interested than my character, than my comfort. That God is way more interested than with my communion with Him even over my circumstances. Sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know that prayer is something that I want to do if that's the main purpose. Because really what I want when it comes to prayer is I want what I want when I want it. And yet God says, I have this great thing for you. This great experience for you. And we must understand that in order for prayer to be an enjoyable life-giving habit in our life, we must first see why God gave us prayer. Prayer is not like having a powerful, rich uncle. (laughs) that we can run to any time and he gives us everything that we want when we want it. Man, I don't like that. Wouldn't it be cool if prayer was like that? Like a powerful rich uncle? Like that would be awesome. But God, who will not be dictated by our small views of him, says, no, I have a greater emphasis on this. Prayer is primarily about us getting to know a loving and gracious, powerful king who knows what's best for us. Better than what we know what is best for us. And then I want to just insert the gospel here. And just think of this idea of the privilege of prayer. That to think about it for just a second. Just just before we get into the glory of God and, and the method of prayer. That wow, sin had prevented us from prayer. Sin had prevented us from any type of relationship with God. That our sin had actually estranged us and made us aliens and enemies of God. Like it actually says that in Colossians 1, 21 through 22. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. In order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. You see, there was a time where we were alienated. We couldn't even speak to God. He, The heaven was shut up. It was closed down because of our sin. In Ephesians 2, 1 and 7, And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You see, there was a time before Christ where it was impossible to talk to God. We were enslaved in our sins. We were dead in our sins. We were enslaved to Satan. We are enslaved to this world. And it says that all of us walked in this at one time. And the result of that was death. See, that's an amen passage. Somebody should say amen to that. That sin had prevented us from a relationship with God. We couldn't talk to him. Prayer was not an option. We were dead and by nature, children of wrath. But God being rich in his mercy caused us to be alive in Christ, even though we were once dead. And why did he do that? So that one day he can show us the immeasurable riches of his grace towards us and his kindness. You see, prayer is such a privilege. We who were once dead get to talk to the almighty living God. And he wants to show us the immeasurable riches of his grace. When you think of prayer, do you see it as that? A time where I get to talk to the Lord of the universe... And I get to be with him and he wants to show kindness and grace towards me. He's not an angry father who doesn't want to affirm me. But rather he wants to show the immeasurable riches of his grace. And through Christ we now have access to this God all the time. And so it says in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then, this is prayer, look at this. Let us then, in light of this truth of this high priest who has paid it all for us, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is prayer. That is prayer. The privilege to talk to God and for him to be able to say, here I am. He offers himself to us and he wants to show mercy and grace to us in our weakness, in our time of need. So Christ has broken down every wall that separates us from God and blown wide the doors to the throne room of God. Why don't we go there? That's a good question, right? (laughs) Why don't we go to this? If it's explained like this, why don't we go there? Friends, this morning, prayer is a reflection of God's mercy and grace to us. Prayer, in its most basic definition, is a conversation with our God. It is an expression of our relationship with God as our Father. And we can come to God in our weakness, with all our masks t- thrown away, in all of our messiness. And we can come to him with the posture of a child loved by their father. So is that prayer for you? Is that prayer for me? This invitation? Or is it more like a burden? I hope that this weekend that we understand. The privilege and the posture of prayer. Because prayer is actually preparing us for eternity. And not so much this temporal fading life. And prayer is this ongoing journey where God takes us in all our messiness. And gives us peace and purpose and a power and a plan for our life and for our families. So let me... Dive into God's glory for the next eight minutes, and then we're going to actually practice some of this. The thing that I want us to see this morning is that prayer, first and foremost, needs to be an exercise in scripture based worship. That prayer is a time where we come together with God and we actually worship him. Some people say this. Let's seek God's face and not his hand. That'll come later. But let's first seek God's face for him and who he is and not just seek what he can give us. So we worship him. One guy said this. If all we ever do is seek God's hand, we may miss his face. But if we seek his face, he will be glad to open his hand and satisfy the deepest desires of our hearts. So reflecting on who God is and his glory is what motivates prayer. Praising God is what leads all other forms of prayer. He goes on, he quotes this, reflecting on God's character will allow us to have a proper view of ourselves, hence giving us the right posture of the one who is flawed. This often leads into time of confession and seeking God's grace. And seeing God's greatness causes us to see just how much we need him. Therefore, we become more dependent upon him and ask him for every need that we have. Practicing praise, as I'm ending the quote, is what develops a deep love for God, which in turn changes our prayer. So I want you to think about this. When you think of praying, oftentimes, here's what you think. I have to go alone by myself, and I have to be quiet, and there needs to be nothing around, and I just sort of need to talk to God. Which, by the way, isn't a bad thing. But actually, when we look at the scriptures in the context of what prayer is, it actually involves a lot of different stuff. I want prayer to become fun for us this weekend. Prayer involves worship. Prayer involves like praise. Prayer involves like singing and music. Like, do we have enough room in our prayer box to start to let some other things in? Like praising God and worshiping God and reading the scriptures, actually taking out our Bibles and opening them up and starting to read like we did this morning and say, wow, this is God. Like this is praying when I read this. So when I read Psalm 100 and I read it out loud to the Lord, do you know that that is prayer? So it's not sort of this stringent, structured time where we have to be these spiritual drones, but it involves so much joy and worship. And it has to start with this idea of worshiping God through the scriptures because God speaks to us through his word. And so we allow the Bible to actually help us pray. How many of you always know what to say to God? Not me, man. Like if it's left to me, I'll be—I'll say the same thing ten times. That's just who I am. And, and I hope I'm not the only one in this room. Let's be honest. You start praying, Lord, you are so good. I just thank you and praise you. And Lord, man, this is awesome to be with you. Man, what was that noise? <laughs> right? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. And so then you—then you feel guilty and you come back. Okay, sorry. Lord. (laughs) Right. This is us. And we get frustrated and we say, why is my mind thinking about this? And then we just get frustrated and we just sort of throw it all away. We say, God, I just can't pray. I'll come back to it later. And then we come back to it later. Okay, Lord, there's nothing. Everybody get out. Everybody get out. No one say anything. Lord, thank you for this time. It is so good to be in your presence. Lord, you. (laughs) Right. Let's just be honest. That's that's. Yes. Yes. Right. This is us. This is us. And we get frustrated and we say, God, man, I want to be a woman of prayer. I want to be a child of God. I want to be a man of prayer. I want to lead my family in prayer. But, Lord, I just don't know how. But, man, if we start with God's glory and worshiping Him and praising Him and letting the Bible sort of be our guide, I'm telling you, it will open up your prayer life. You don't know what to pray? There's prayers in the Bible. Just open it up. Psalm 100 and say, God, I pray. Here's what I do. God, I pray that as I read this, that you would give me faith, number one, to believe this. And number two, that I would pray this to you. And I begin to say it. And then it keeps you on track. And so that thought that may come, it still may come. I'm going to be honest with you. But at the same time, you have this sort of guide that is spirit-infused. You don't have to ask, is this God's will for me to pray this? No, it is God's will. That's why he gave us the scripture. So, brothers and sisters, here's what I want to propose. That when we start to pray, first of all, let's sort of break down that crazy little box that we have called prayer. And let's start with what God has given us, the means of grace, his scripture and praise and song and all these things. Let's do it. I mean, let's actually open up the box to this. Scripture is going to be our guide. One guy said this, the best way to talk to God is in His own words. (laughs) When we pray the Word of God, we embrace the will of God. The intense and intimate attention to the truth of the Word produces real worship-based prayer and all of its benefits. So my first suggestion for us is that we get out of our little box of prayer and we start adding the gifts and the means of grace that God has given us to prayer. And we start with focusing on God and, his, and the worship of God. Do you know that singing is praying? Like, it can be a form of praying. So if we were to actually begin our quiet time with the Lord and start singing a song, for some of us that might be weird. But for, did you imagine that like if we began to sing to the Lord and that that is praying or if you turn on some music and let it just sort of wash over you good music and let it wash over you. And then you start to read the scriptures and be like, man, and we know what it means. Because in Colossians 3.16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another and all. Listen what it leads to. Wisdom and singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness and gratitude well up in us. This is a gift from God. So I actually want us to practice that. The first thing that I want us to see is that we get out of our prayer box. And then number two, that we start prayer with worship of God, the glory of God and all that he is and all that he has done. Let's just try it for some of us. Let me give you a warning for some of us who are consumed with ourselves. Starting praying for just worshiping God can be a laborious thing because I love me some me. And when I go to prayer, really prayer is about me. Like, I, I'll confess that, that that happens to me. But if we start out just praising God, looking at his scriptures, allowing that to soak in and to be our guide, I think that that is the first step to having an effective prayer life. The first step is just saying, skip all that I know about prayer. Let me just start Working with God and just saying, Lord, you are good. You are awesome. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to sing songs to you. I'm going to read scripture and I'm going to let this be my guide. So let's put this into practice right now. Okay. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody's all freaking out. Don't worry. It's going to be great. I'm going to have Pastor Tim come on up. We're going to actually, this is prayer. Prayer. I want you to see that this is prayer, what we're about to do. We're going to focus in on the glory of God. We're going to focus in on the awesomeness of God. I'm going to read some scripture. We're going to start there. And then we're going to let that guide us. Then we're going to actually sing a song about the scripture. Which, by the way, we can do this, like, by yourself, you can do this. You can get the Bible, get a favorite song, get on your knees, Stand it, set in your chair, whatever it is, and we, you can actually do what we're about to do. And God sees it as prayer. All right? So here's what I'm going to read. Psalm 33, 1 through 9. Psalm 33, 1 through 9. As we let prayer and the, I mean, the word and the glory of God be our guide as we think about prayer. Psalm 33, 1 through 9. After that, Pastor Tim is going to lead us. Lead us in just sort of praying as we sing. We're going to be singing a prayer to the Lord. Psalm 33, 1 through 9. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to Him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the water of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in his storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Let's sing a prayer to the Lord.